Another great episode of Red Sea Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you hear, please go to our website, redsearadio.org, and donate to our apostolate, or even become a member of our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society and keep us on the air. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, August 9th. You are listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio, KEDC 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 FM in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 FM in Palestine. Good morning to y'all. I hope everybody's having a great day out there today. Are you ready? Do you have... Everything you need around you, wherever you're listening to us, because it is going to be a fantastic honor to be talking to David B. Wright, an author, father, husband, experienced nonprofit CEO and strategic advisor to high impact faith based and pro-life organizations. David led the global 40 Days for Life movement throughout its first decade, building it into the largest grassroots pro-life mobilization in the world. David is driven by a profound dedication to faith, family, life, freedom, and his energetic, impactful words have ignited the hearts of over a million individuals across the globe. Also, after 28 years, ladies and gentlemen, of attending Mass with his wife of 31 years, he converted to Catholicism in 2018. Thank you for being here, David. What an honor to have you. Ooh, yes. it's so exciting to be here. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, we are actually not in the same room, just to set the scene for folks that are listening in. You are in Virginia. I am in Texas. How's the weather over there, sir? You know, it is a glorious day, as my wife described it this morning. She said it feels like Southern California weather. So it's oh, just perfect uh, temperatures. Sun is shining. Beautiful day to be outdoors. <laughs> but sometimes we can't always be outdoors. So it's a I joy know. to be with you. How's the weather in Texas hey, right now? It is hot as hot as hot as it gets. It's uh, extreme heat advisories. You know, what do you expect? It's uh, it's Texas heat it's in Texas. the summer. So, <laughs> well, David, I hear that one of the factors that contributed to your conversion was perhaps the miraculous medals that your son and daughter were placing under your bed. <laughs> what What is that all about? Oh my goodness. Okay. So a, a bit of context. So I met Margaret. Our second date was to mass at St. Mary's Catholic Center there in College Station, oh. Texas. We went to mass together every week since for the 28 years of wow. my discernment before entering RCIA. But unbeknownst to me, as our children were born and they were being raised within the Catholic Church, they were not only praying for me, they were activists and they were taking miraculous medals and stuffing them under my side of our bed in our bedroom. And I only found this out after the Easter vigil when I was received oh. into the church, but I am very thankful. And uh, it's just such a joy that, you know, sometimes the children can lead us to mm -hmm. grow in our own faith. And I'm just thankful for them. I'm thankful for my wife. And I'm thankful for so many people, mm -hmm. including many in the Red Sea audience who have been such sure. an instrumental part in helping me to discover the fullness of truth mm -hmm within the Holy Roman Catholic Church. Amen. Uh, I know that you were raised in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So how did you decide to come to A&M? 
<laughs> oh, oh boy, that's a story. Yeah. Um, I, I grew up wanting to be a veterinarian. And okay. so I wanted to go to undergraduate and then go to veterinary school. And mm-hmm. I had planned to go to Penn State for my undergraduate and then eventually University of Pennsylvania has a veterinary school. Mm. And a friend of mine who had moved to Texas told me, you know, Texas A&M has a great undergraduate program that's tied to the veterinary school and they have a great vet school. You should consider going there. And by the way, I need a roommate to go there. And so it at least put it on my radar. But really, this is the way God works. Mm. The morning that I was meant to get up and go out to Penn State to take my admissions exams and to find out I had a roommate already aligned. That was what I was going to do. Sure. I woke up and I was exhausted and I just rolled over and said, I'm just going to go back to sleep. I'm tired. I'll just end up going to Texas A&M. No. My whole decision pivoted on that one little moment. <laughs> My wife says, that's one of the moments where you wanting to sleep a bit late actually paid off. I would never have met her. I would never have met probably any of those of us who are together on this interview to get today. And sure. I would never have probably been involved in the pro-life movement, but oh. you know, God works in mysterious ways. What a story. Thank you for sharing that. That's fantastic. I'm glad you did sleep in a little bit as well. Um, and so do you, I, I, I think that I've read or heard um, you state that coming to Texas A&M actually opened your eyes and your heart to the pro-life movement. How so? Yeah, that's a great question. So I grew up in a Protestant home. My dad was a former Presbyterian minister. And though my parents loved the Lord, we went to church every Sunday, we prayed together. I never remember ever even thinking about or discussing the pro-life movement or abortion. Mm. The little church I went to every Sunday, it was never addressed, not mm-hmm. at all. So I moved to Texas. I go to Texas A&M, and I'm suddenly surrounded by all these on-fire Catholic Christians, mm-hmm. on-fire evangelical Christians. And a couple of things that really helped me were, number one, they they helped me to recognize that, number one, our, our, our faith, our the gospel message really does apply to our culture and our world today. Number two, they helped me to recognize what abortion was, that children mm. were dying, women were, were being wounded. Mm. And number three, they helped me to realize that each of us are called to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, that we needed to get involved. And so that took me from being what I would call passively pro-life to, okay, I'm, I'm mm. willing to do something, but it really wasn't until Planned Parenthood announced the opening of that abortion facility on 29th Street in mm. Bronx. And that finally propelled me to go from kind of like, okay, I'm willing to, I've got to get involved. I've got to be on the front lines. Well, amen. Uh, thank the Lord for your involvement, for your heart, and uh, for all the Aggies around you, right? That uh, that showed <laughs> you what, what being on fire is all about. And so how did you meet? This is perhaps the most important question I will ask you today. How did you meet our one and only Dennis Maka? Wow, that's a great question. (laughs) So when I left my job in the pharmaceutical industry to take the helm of the Coalition for Life, the local Mm -hmm. pro-life group there that Lauren Gouldy had started, she started it when she was working as a secretary at St. Mary's Catholic Center there in College Station. Mm -hmm. Um, Eventually, she had children and felt called to stay at home, and she asked me to take on the helm of that. It was in the midst of those pro-life efforts that I really started to get to know Dennis and Darby and their family and the Makas. And in the midst of that, we were all trying to bring our children up with a firm foundation and to build the domestic churches we're called to do. And so in the midst of not only those pro-life efforts, we were also part of starting this little educational class for our kids Mm. called, amazingly, Red Sea, Religious Education for the Domestic Church. 
And so it was in the midst of those conversations that we continue to grow in our relationship with many of those who are today on the board of Red Sea Apostolate and many others. But uh, it was through all of those things. I still remember Dennis walking alongside a lot of those pro-life efforts early on when we were running a program called Summer of Life, where we were trying to get people to come out on Wednesday mornings outside of Planned Parenthood and Brian to pray and to bear witness to the hope for life there. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dennis and his family and many others, the Cuts Modes, the Cash, and so many others Mm -hmm. would come out and help with that. So it's been a wonderful relationship long before even I I left my job in the pharmaceutical industry. I knew the Macas, but we have just built this amazing relationship and I've continued Mm. to pray for and uh, be in awe of what God is doing through Red Sea Apostolate all along this entire journey. Well, Dennis has a response. (laughs) He's right here. You can't can't bring me into the mix without (laughs) letting me say something. So, okay, you got to do it. I actually have known Margaret, your wife, possibly longer than you have because she was my fish camp counselor back in 1988, which is a freshman orientation camp (laughs) at, uh, we were the how, how booty Hollywoods is what we were. Yeah. And I remember (laughs) Margaret as the one fish camp counselor that I really liked, not as a, anything, uh, more than just a, someone I admired, uh, because of her energy and her enthusiasm and, and her love for the Lord. She was Catholic. She really made me feel at home when a lot of the other counselors I was not so mm. sure about. So she really <laughs> made me feel comfortable for my first steps into Texas A&M. That's one thing. And two, I think I heard a cat in the background. Oh, I know. Do you have a cat in the background, David? Oh, my okay. goodness. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm recording from okay. my studio, okay. my office right now, and there no. is a cat roaming around. I yeah. thought... I thought I knew you, brother. I did not know you were a cat person. I'm, <laughs> I'm questioning our okay. whole endeavor at this very oh, moment. Oh no! Okay, uh-huh. all right. So, just so you know, we we believe in helping the helpless. So we oh. went to our local right. animal shelter here in Fredericksburg. Right. There okay. was this poor little kitten that was in need, and Margaret, Claire, and Patrick were all just like, "Dad, can you come here and just Fine. see? We're not going to bring an animal home today, but just see these poor little oh. animals." And of course, we came home with Chancy, our cat. Okay. So we love him, and you know, he's an. <laughs> Orphan. I'll let it slide. Thank you. I'll let it slide. But I I will say, you never know, you know, you get to know people more and more (laughs) as you start working with them. So we're very happy you're on the phone today here with us today, David. Um, Yeah, I've loved your family for decades. And so Mm -hmm. I just wanted to throw that in that I've known. Yes, because we heard the cat. I've known Margaret. uh, You've Probably longer than you have. So hey. you have. And then the other thing, Dennis, I'll bring out here too, is that Margaret and your wife have a connection through her brother Mike, who was oh. one of Margaret's dearest friends at A and M at AM <laughs> through Fish Camp and other activities. So yeah. we have lots of connections that go way oh, back. Yeah. There's a, there's <laughs> stories that I won't butt in, but yeah, there's a lot of miracle stories of why I'm at Texas AM because mm. well, I'll just say it. My sister met my wife's brother. Mike up in North Texas when he convinced her to come to Texas A&M and take a look. And because of that, Hmm. yes, all that's happened. So yeah, God is good. God's divine plan, right? Uh, I love sharing all of this, especially I think as we get older and we get in retrospect to see, you know, this satellite view and this picture of, yes, all of these little God incidences, right? That brought us to where we are today. And um, if you're just joining us uh, at home or at work, or maybe listening to us on your 
phone. We want to thank you for listening in. You are listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio, and we are talking to David B. Wright. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit in a minute about the webinar that we've got going on uh, tomorrow, a live webinar. But one of the things that I love about doing this show, the Roundup, um, David, is that we get to share moments when we have unequivocally felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. We have heard God's voice and Sometimes we don't share that with the world, but you get to share that right here, David. So I know that um, you have maybe felt in the past, you've heard uh, God's voice. You have, uh, you sat and you prayed for an hour before uh, the 40 Days for Life movement uh, started. And I just was so moved by hearing you share that at one of your, your uh, I guess, guest speaker uh, events. And it was so beautiful to hear you say that, that you just, after that hour or so of praying, you you knew what you had to do. So would you kindly share that right now? Yeah, certainly. And and thank you for asking. You know, I, I really have always felt that God is doing something amazing in Central Texas, mm. and it's impacting the entire world. And when I look back at what God did through an hour of prayer, and then a handful of people who are willing to say yes— Yes. and put their faith into action, how that's impacted the entire world. I'm in awe. And I hope that for anybody listening right now, they realize that, you know, maybe God's stirring my heart to, to take some kind of action to respond to some cultural challenge. Mm-hmm. But going back to 2004, I had been leading the Coalition for Life for a handful of years. Things were going overall fairly well, but we reached a point where we realized there needs to be more. Uh, mm-hmm. The Planned Parenthood facility in Bryan was ending the lives of hundreds of children each year. We knew the stories of women who had been harmed by that facility. And out of desperation, I called my little staff together there at the Coalition for Life old office at mm-hmm. 29th Street there in Bryan, Texas. And I said, we need to pray. Mm-hmm. And for an hour, just calling out to God, in, to be honest, in desperation, mm-hmm. saying, we don't know what to do next. And it was during that hour of prayer that he put on our hearts, first of all, a time frame. And the mm-hmm. time frame was a time frame that's very biblically significant, the time frame of 40 days. Mm-hmm. And when we look throughout scripture, when we look throughout history, we realize God is frequently change the world in 40-day time frames. Mm-hmm. And so we felt like we need our world changed, and we also need to be faithful. And many of those 40-day stories in the Bible talk mm-hmm. about the faithfulness that God was asking of his people. Sure. So we felt we needed to do something for 40 days. But as we continue to pray, the three things that we felt led to do were, number one, prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. To end abortion in Bryan College Station in Texas, beyond, it seems at times impossible. I know we're, we've made a huge amount of progress since that time, sure. but still some of these things seem very daunting. And with man, this probably is impossible, but we mm. know that with God, all things are possible. So we pray, but also scripture tells us that some demons can only be driven out through prayer and fasting. Mm. So we also fast. So we felt led for 40 days to pray to fast, and to invite the local community to pray and fast. Mm -hmm. That was number one. Number two was to go outside of the Planned Parenthood facility and bear peaceful, persistent witness Mm -hmm. 24 hours a day in the public right-of-way there on 29th Street. And by going there, we hoped it would both awaken the community that a crisis was happening here, but also be a sign of hope and help to those at risk of going in. Mm -hmm. 
And the third thing was community outreach, taking the pro-life message door to door to every household, apartment, dorm room mm-hmm. in Bryan College Station. That's where we started and invite people to be a part of the solution to this crisis. So we finished that hour of prayer and we felt absolutely convicted that God has given us a clarion call to action. But I can't mm-hmm. speak for others. I was petrified and oh. I didn't know, could we pull this off Would mm-hmm. this work? But we realized that children would perish that next week if we failed to act. Mm. We realized that women would be wounded if we failed to act. And so we said we have to step out and Mm. so decided to do that first 40 Days for Life campaign. And so that was in the summer of 2004. And a few weeks later, we held the kickoff at the Christopher Breen Memorial Deck across from St. Mary's Catholic Center, right near the campus of Texas A&M. And a few hundred Mm. people came out and I know the Maccas were there and so many others. Mm. But that night we cast this vision and and shared this idea. And and even I'll never forget Mm. that night, I just felt on my heart to share about how those who had seen at that point the Berlin Wall fall in Germany had wondered, would we ever see this happen? But yet Mm. they saw it happen before their very eyes. Thanks to the efforts of St. John Paul II, thanks to the efforts of Ronald Reagan, thanks to the efforts of Mm. Lequiles and so many others. Mm. But how we felt that abortion would begin to end if we were willing to step out and do something. And so we announced the 40 Days for Life. People signed up. We started the campaign at midnight that night. And during those 40 days in the fall of 2004, more than a thousand people participated. Abortions were reduced in Bryan College Station by 28% that year. And that began what started to spread across the United States, eventually internationally, and now has become a global movement, Mm. mobilizing a million volunteers, saving saving 23,000 lives, closing 200 Mm. abortion centers, helping more than 150 workers leave the abortion industry. But it all started with a few people in one local community Mm. where some of you are listening right now, hearing God's call, answering that call and stepping into action. Mm. Amen. Oh, David, that's just what power in your words and your actions. And, um, and, and, you know, it started in part here, right from your years in college. Um, and thereafter, of course, 40 days for life, um, your collaboration now with Red Sea Radio, it seems like you can't quite leave Texas, can you? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think there's something to that. So when Margaret and I felt called to move up to Virginia, where we live now, outside of mm-hmm. Washington, D.C., it was very, very difficult because we love Central Texas. We love the people. Mm-hmm. We love the the spirit there. And every time I go back, I feel like I'm going to the promised land. Mm-hmm. But for this moment in time, I feel that God has us in the place where he wants us. But we will sure. always continue to discern and see if and when we're meant to uh, be back there in a more, you know, more substantial capacity. But I just, I guess what I would say to the listener in mm-hmm. Waco or in Palestine or in Bryan College Station right now is never underestimate mm-hmm what God can and will do right where you live to change the world if you but say yes to him. Mm. I've seen it firsthand. I've been all around the world to dozens and dozens of countries, and I've seen the impact of Central Texas Mm. saving lives, changing hearts and minds, impacting souls, because a few people were willing to say yes to God and answer his call. You can make that same thing happen on these great daunting challenges that we face in our culture today if you but— Listen to God, hear his call, and say, yes, as for me and my house, we will serve you, Lord. Amen. Uh, And sometimes we hear that call, but we don't know what to do. And so you have very graciously shared the tools that were invaluable to you and um, and, in prayer and fasting. And we can't say enough about that. Do you think the youth 
Um, you did it. You all did it. Well, you know, when we were all younger and we continue to do it. But for now, the, this new wave of, and again, like you're saying, these dire conditions that we're living in through the politics, the culture, et cetera, and things that we will talk about. I know you will uh, mention in the webinar tomorrow. Um, but just a, let's say a word before we go into the webinar uh, tomorrow about about that, like the youth and the youth today listening to God's call and saying, yes, what do you say to, to this new generation? God can use every single person and never think that your youthfulness is a detriment. Mm. In fact, it can be a huge gift and blessing. I've spent these last few years since stepping away from 40 Days for Life at the end of 2016, really investing myself heavily in the next generation because I see in those who are leading pro-life groups on high schools and colleges. I mm -hmm. see those who are involved in FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University mm -hmm. Students. I see those who are involved in campus ministry efforts. I see not only the hope of our future, I see our future coming alive. Mm. And you have ideas, you have insights, and you have the ability to reach and communicate and connect with this next generation differently than, than I can. Mm -hmm. And embrace that. And understand that God does want to use you as a young person. Or if you're listening and you say, hey, David, I'm not the young person. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's your child or maybe it's your grandchild. Mm -hmm. God can and will use each of us if we're willing to say, what do you want of me? What are my unique mm -hmm. talents? What are my unique skills? What are my unique gifts? What are my unique experiences? And how can I deploy those to the building of the kingdom, to mm -hmm. impacting souls, to saving lives and to changing our culture? When I look at throughout history and you look at the social movements that have changed history for better and for mm -hmm. worse, they are usually driven by the youth, by the younger generation. Mm -hmm. So the younger generation really are the trendsetters, the bellwethers of what the culture does. So if you're listening right now, or if you know a young person who you say they, they really should hear and understand this, help them to realize that God has a call for them and help them to then act upon that call. And mm. when they do, they will be able to reach people that nobody else can. They may be the only Catholic church that mm. somebody ever experiences, the only Bible that somebody else reads, the only uh, mm. example of Christ that somebody sees lived out in our world. Everybody has a role for such a time as this. Mm. Fantastic. Thank you for that inspiration. Um, you then are now uh, just counting down to tomorrow's webinar, The Beacon of Hope. Yes, at uh, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. And first and foremost, why are you partnering with Red Sea Radio? Once again, full circle kind of uh, kind of moment for you. Right. That's a great question. Well, OK, I'll go to the Red Sea part. Don't let me forget to come back to the actual okay. webcast, the online yes. event. So as God really was stirring my heart after stepping away from 40 Days for Life, he really was putting on my heart that we, in doing the pro-life work, I have been treating a symptom of some much mm -hmm. deeper root causes and that I felt called to go a bit further upstream and address some of these root causes while also still encouraging and helping those who are treating some of the symptoms. And so as I was praying and working through this, I thought, is it setting up a new apostolate or a new ministry? And I didn't have a piece mm -hmm. about that. I, it, was it helping others to lead and build organizations? And while I have done a lot of that, it just didn't feel complete. 
And finally, I realized it was to bring the light of Christ to the darkness of our culture and to help people realize that God really does have a place for each of us and that if we put our talents and and gifts into action, together the body of Christ can accomplish amazing Mm. things with God's help. So in the midst of this, it's been a several-year discussion. I started reaching out to Dennis and some of the team at Red Sea, and I just was sharing my heart with this. And they said, you know, that really lines up with a lot of what we feel. You know, here we are, religious education mm-hmm. for the domestic church. And as we're not only focused on Catholic radio as a major part of our apostolate, but also victory sports and other sure. things to help form and to get people to live out their faith and put it into action, we realized we were on the same page. Mm-hmm. And even though I'd had a number of media outlets and other organizations reach out, out to me and and you know offer opportunities for partnerships mm-hmm. none of those felt right but what felt right was people that i know people that i trust people that i have a long track record with and that i know we all are, are all on the same page of wanting to do good for God and to build his kingdom in such a way that it gives him the glory and that we're using all these different, whether it's media platforms, whether it's various different community action, we're using it to glorify him and we're using it collaboratively. It's not about any of us individually or any of us as an organization. It's how do we build the kingdom? How do we impact souls? How do we make a difference in this cultural moment we're in? And so that was what led me Mm -hmm. to say, let's look at how can we do this together? And that began with, we did this survey that was mm-hmm. conducted a few months ago called the State of the Culture Survey. We can talk about that sure. if you wish. But we had 2,180 people across all 50 American states and several other nations that gave us deep insights into what are the biggest challenges we face culturally? Mm -hmm. What are the biggest opportunities we have? What are some of the the problems we've experienced? What are some of the solutions that we can deploy? And what we got from that was clarity that we are on the same path with where a lot of Christians Mm -hmm. from a Catholic tradition as well as other evangelical and Protestant traditions where their hearts are right now at this moment. This is really an all-hands-on-deck moment. Mm-hmm. We need everybody and everybody's feeling that, you know, I, I just this morning as, as I was reflecting on the news coming out of the state of Ohio mm-hmm. and I've been working closely with pro-life leaders and groups and yesterday, regrettably, Ohio voted down a, an issue, issue one that would have changed the threshold of voting in the state to block a constitutional amendment that will be introduced in November to enshrine abortion in the Ohio Constitution. And regrettably, that measure lost, and now it looks likely, albeit the people are going to work really hard there in Ohio, to Mm -hmm. really ramp up the forces and do everything they can to try to to stop this ballot initiative in November. But I look at this and say, Mm -hmm. this is a cultural moment where we need everybody. We can't be passive bystanders. We need to be engaged in our local community in our states, across the nation, together. Mm -hmm. We can't do it on our own. And so when I I shared and talked with Dennis and Mm -hmm. I talked with Evan and Caleb and the whole team at Red Sea, uh, Deegan Robin, we finally realized Mm -hmm. that this is the moment that God's called us to step out in faith and launch a new project. And so that's what we're going to be announcing tomorrow Mm -hmm. on the webcast. So the event is called Beacon of Hope. And if anybody's saying, gosh, I've got to be a part of that, I got to know what's coming, you can go online to beaconofhope.com dot live. And you may say, what is that a mm. website? Yes, that's a website. Yes. Beaconofhope.live. And when you go there, you'll learn a little bit more about the event. It will be happening, as you mentioned, at mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Central tomorrow night, Thursday, August the 10th. And during that event, we're going to do a number of things. The first thing mm-hmm. is we're going to unpack what this survey taught us and also look at this cultural moment. This is the problem that we are mm-hmm. trying to say, how do we solve? Right. Then we're going to say, how can we, with the gifts of Red Sea Apostolate, 
with my network and my mm-hmm. contacts and experiences, what can we bring together as a piece of the solution as a first step? And then we're going to announce the new project that we'll be launching this fall to right. endeavor to try to begin making a cultural difference. So for the person listening right now, I want you to know that it's easy to get distressed about mm-hmm. the cultural challenges. It's easy to get depressed or, yes. or to let all that weigh us down. But God Almighty is still in charge, and mm-hmm. He is. The, the, our hope is in our Savior Jesus Christ. Our mm-hmm. hope is in His church, the many parts, the body of Christ, putting their faith into action. And so I believe this is the moment. I believe we have a first mm-hmm. step in the vehicle to make this happen. And I invite you, if you possibly can, mm-hmm. join us live. If you can't, go to beaconofhope.live and register anyway. We'll send mm-hmm. you the recording right after it's over. And find out what the next step is, and let's together, let's press forward, and let's bring the light of Christ to the darkness of our culture. Let's be a beacon of hope in this time that we are living in. Amen. We are all that light, uh, Christ's light. And uh, you say this is the first step to restoring faith, family, life, liberty, and culture together. And um, and we, we can sometimes feel like it is overwhelming, that we cannot do it alone, as you say, that we, we're... We're to this or to that, um, but together we can do it. And we all have something to offer and we all are that little piece of the puzzle. So I am just ecstatic. Um, I can't wait. I've signed on. I'm ready to do this tomorrow, David. I know that thousands are also going to be there for that next step to do this together. Um, You know, uh, now to tell you a little bit about myself briefly, just to tie this together, um, I'm a person that had a really long journey with fertility. I I wanted to be a mother. I could not somehow become pregnant. My husband and I got everything checked out. Everything is okay. We don't understand. We don't know what's going on. So we did um, hear that call of God just bringing us together to pray about it, to figure out what what. What what does he want from us? Because here we thought it'd be so easy to just get pregnant and have a baby. It, well, it took us 11 years. And then by the grace of God, mm-hmm. we did conceive. And so abortion has always been um, something really near and dear to my heart because I tried so long to get pregnant. And here mothers are wanting to end their pregnancy. And then, it, and then even in giving birth, the whole process of giving birth, you know, that's a whole other thing. But what I'm getting at is that uh, we all have more that connects us than the the disunity or the disparity. And so that's what I love about what you are doing, what Red Sea Radio is doing uh, through the Beacon of Hope and through this next announcement that we are all going to be able to do it together and see what we have similar in our lives. Even even if we think, well, what do I have to do with abortion or politics or, um, you know, the rights of the unborn or the rights of the poor or the rights of whomever? Uh, well, we can do it together. And we all have something in our hearts that we have lived through that we have experienced that, that now we can come together and all um, use God's talents that he has given us to be able to, to, to find the, the next step. So mm-hmm. for you and your wife and your children, um, can you give me a little taste or a little tip or a little um, nugget of wisdom for those families that are going through that, whether it's fertility or maybe there is somebody that's listening to us that, that is, is in the darkness and is thinking, I can't have this baby or, or that the hardships that we're all going through, whether it's the loss of a job or the tragedy of somebody passing, 
those words of, of, of wisdom that you maybe can share right now, that hope, that light that you can shed for that one individual that's listening right now, I do believe that God also puts us in that way it, where we are right now in this platform to, to mm-hmm. shed that light to that one person that is in despair right now. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing your experiences in your heart so vulnerably here. And uh, they really resonate and strike a chord because uh, Margaret and I also dealt with mm-hmm. infertility for quite a few years. Oh. And it was in the, the moments of despair as we were struggling to say, why can't we conceive? Why can't mm-hmm. we have a child? That we were helping with a, a marriage preparation day, a pre-cana at St. Mm-hmm. Thomas Aquinas Parish there in College Station. Okay. And Randy McCaslin, who was then the director of natural family planning for mm-hmm. the Arling- uh, Austin Diocese, came and gave a presentation and for the first time, we heard the beauty and the wisdom of the teachings of Humane Vitae and mm-hmm. Casti Canubi, and we heard about what natural family planning is. And at that point, we recognized this could be a way to, in our case, achieve a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so we began a journey because we now had others around us. We were together with others sure. who had experience to link arms and say, okay, we'll help you. And so through Mm -hmm. Randy, through our NFP teacher, and ultimately through the surgical intervention of Dr. Mm -hmm. Thomas Hilders at the Pope Paul VI Institute in Mm -hmm. Omaha, Nebraska, we were able to conceive and have our two children. Our daughter Mm -hmm. today is a Nashville Dominican sister, Sister Gloria Christie, and our son Patrick is a campus ministry leader and a student at George Mason University in Fairfax, Mm -hmm. Virginia. But, you know, Mm -hmm. in the midst of that, we were feeling so low, but Mm -hmm. what I think Jesus was saying throughout it was, trust in me trust in me, and I will bring alongside you the others who will help you on this journey. And Randy McCaslin and Sean Pock and others came alongside us, and we were able to walk through that. Mm. So I guess the, the message I would pass on to somebody, your situation may not be right now fertility. Mm. It may be something totally different. But Jesus is asking you to trust in him. And there are people around you who love you, who care about you and they want to link arms with you and they want to walk with you through this. Mm. And if we're willing to look at this, we're not in an isolated world, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God himself is community. And he's calling us to be in community with Mm. others in our parish, in our city or town, in our state, across the nation, around this big, beautiful world that we live in. And so recognize that there are others who will and can walk with you through these things. Uh, just one last mm-hmm. example that, that strikes my heart as you share this is, you know, when when we look at the pro-life movement and, and in Texas right now, praise God, mm-hmm. you're in a situation where most abortions are largely prohibited. Very few are happening, even yes. though many people are crossing state lines to New Mexico and other places right. to have abortions. You're still in a very good place. But we have to recognize there are still many people mm-hmm. in Texas and everywhere who are experiencing unexpected pregnancies, and they're scared, and they don't know where to turn. And just as you may be dealing with some struggle right now, think about what that person is going through. Mm -hmm. This past January, my wife and I, we live in Virginia, and Virginia, regrettably, is still largely Mm -hmm. the same as it was before the overturn of Roe versus Wade. And one uh, Wednesday evening, my wife's cell phone rang about 10 o'clock at night, and she said, David, I need to answer this. And she grabbed the call, and it was somebody that she had known previously through her work at a maternity ministry called Mary's Shelter here in Virginia. And Margaret had mentored this young woman who had, who, woman who had come to Mary's Shelter year, mm. a year and a half earlier in an unexpected pregnancy, in a terrible situation. Mm. She had come from abusive background, drug background, mm. and Margaret had walked with her through her pregnancy and then when she gave birth to her son. 
And then, regrettably, this young woman's life had spiraled out of control. Her mm-hmm. former husband uh, ended up dying of a drug overdose. Oh. She ended up getting involved with some bad people involved in drugs. And she left Mary Shelter and went back to a life of stripping. Mm-hmm. And it was oh. heartbreaking to Margaret because she had walked with this right. woman through so much. But when she called this past January, and Margaret hadn't talked to her in months, Margaret grabbed it, she answered mm-hmm. it, and she said, hey, what's going on? And this young woman, through mm-hmm. tears, said, Miss Margaret, I'm pregnant again. <gasps> And I've got an abortion scheduled at Planned Parenthood on January 23rd. And Margaret said, you know what I'm going to tell you, Cassidy? And Cassidy said, that's why I'm calling you, because everyone else in my life is telling me to just go ahead and have the abortion. Mm. And she said, I needed somebody to tell me something different. And Margaret Mm. said, not only should you not have the abortion, but I'm here. Others are here to help you. And within 24 Mm. hours, Cassidy was back at the maternity ministry Margaret has been walking with her. It has not been easy. It's been a very messy journey. But Margaret is going with her to her doctor's appointments, and she saw the first heartbeat. The abortion appointment was canceled. Cassidy has embraced Mm. this child. And Margaret is going to be at her side in just a few weeks in September when Cassidy gives birth to this new baby. And I just think about how God is saying to each of us, just as that young woman was scared, and Jesus was saying Mm. to her, trust me, but also somebody was willing to come alongside her and say, I'll help you. Yes. And that's for all of us, whether we need the help or we can offer that help, Mm. all of us, God is asking, be a part of this mystical body of all these believers and come alongside and together Mm. with God's help, we can save lives. Together with God's help, we can restore Mm. families. Together, we can protect liberty. Together, we can renew our culture. But it takes all of us Mm. doing our part, helping one another, and most importantly, trusting our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, praise Jesus uh, for Cassidy, for Margaret, for all of those that might be in that same situation. There is help. There is hope. Make that phone call. Take action because people are willing to help you. And uh, thank you for sharing that. It's just a very powerful story. And um, and God bless your wife and all of those working endlessly. Uh, David, we have about five minutes more or less. Um, and how just... Uh, beautiful that tomorrow we will continue to hear more about these revealing insights from the state of the culture survey, the faith-driven solutions, um, as we've been discussing, Christ-centered solutions to all of these challenges that we are we are facing. And these, uh, these steps that you all are going to take together, Red Sea Radio and David B. Wright, you all are going to collaborate and launch this great initiative. And we can't reveal it just yet, uh, but you're going to get a sneak peek uh, at it tomorrow. And uh, it is going to be fantastic, folks. If you're listening in, you do not want to miss this announcement, this this bold initiative, um, and how you can have this impactful role. Um, as as it you say, and uh, and all of the writing about this event says, this is not a spectator sport. You <laughs> can play a crucial role. And again, you can go to beaconofhope.live. Is that correct? Um, That's correct. Beaconofhope.live. Dot live. If you um, didn't get to write that down, we will also have that on our Red Sea Radio uh, website. Um, so as we conclude, David, I mean, I have so many more questions that I want to ask you, <laughs> but we'll get to hear a lot more, um, I know, in the future. But um, I, I guess, what are your hopes? Um, let's say that we talk a day after the webcast. What are your hopes? What is your vision? What are you asking the Holy Spirit and our Lord Jesus Christ to 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 move in the people, to, to be able to, to use you as this tool, uh, to be able to do this wonderful webcast. What, what is your hope? Yeah. 
fundamentally, it's that God's will be done. Mm, um, we feel a calling to take a step of faith. And Dennis and the whole Red Sea team know that for each of us and collectively, it's it's a sense of feeling like uh, being called to step out of the boat, like mm. we learn about in the Gospel of yes. Matthew. Um, and so it is a big step. And who knows, we may start to sink a little bit. We may scream. We may <laughs> call out to our Savior. But we feel called to take a step that is unprecedented for mm. any of us. And we hope that it's God's will. If it is, we hope he blesses it to his glory, not to ours. And that... Mm. In the process, if it is his will, that it will do the same for others. It will help every single person, not only in the webcast, but as Mm -hmm. we launch this project, begin to take those same steps of, God, what do you want from me? Mm -hmm. I'm scared. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm going to take a step out of the boat, and I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to trust in Jesus. I'm going to do my part to help others and to to reach out for help when I need it from others. And together, I think as we link arms, we will begin to make a difference in Central Texas, across mm. the Lone Star State, throughout our nation, and and even beyond. So, you know, God's will be done. Jesus, we trust in you. Amen. And that every person who is touched by this project, my hope and prayer is that they see Christ in it, mm. and that they recognize Christ wanting them to be his hands and feet in the culture, in the time that we're in right now, and that they answer that call. Amen. Hallelujah, David. Praise the Lord. We have two minutes. Can you, th- and I went and I should have asked you this much earlier because this is a very <laughs> important it. question, but yeah, I know you can do this. As the leader of such a movement, David, I know you must have felt temptation. You must have felt the enemy as we all do, as we all do, whether we are a grocer sacking groceries or that the leader of an organization. So in two minutes or less, can you tell us what do we do in the face of temptation? Mm. Well, I'll start with saying prayer and fasting is game changing. Mm. I had never fasted in my life prior Mm. to the first 40 Days for Life campaign in the fall of 2004 in College Station. I thought, oh, if we fast, it's going to transform our community. Mm. What I didn't realize is that God would use that fasting to transform me. Mm. And so your prayers and fasting, as you feel led during certain seasons, can really help draw you closer to our Lord and for him to be able to work through you. So that's the first thing I would say is prayer and fasting. Sure. And the second thing is that each of us step out in faith together, and I believe that together we can accomplish great things with mm-hmm. God. That's what it comes down to, and that's mm-hmm. fundamentally what we hope to accomplish through this new endeavor. Well, thank you so much, David. Be right. What a pleasure. What an honor. A huge blessing to be able to share this time with you. And I know that others listening um, cannot uh, deny the power of your words, sir. Thank you for being this light, this beacon of hope and light and all of the above. We cannot wait to listen to more tomorrow. Again, a quick plug and uh, and tell folks where, where they can also after tomorrow uh, be in touch with you. Yeah. First thing is go to beaconofhope.live. If you haven't already, register for that event. That will be the source of all communications for the coming days. Beaconofhope.live. If you can join us for the live webcast, 8 p.m. Central Thursday, join us. And then we'll be following up with you via email after you register for that. But we are excited. We can't wait to share Mm -hmm. more and look forward to seeing what great things we believe God has in store for these next few weeks and months.
Amen. David, again, thank you so much on behalf of all of us here at the A&M Land, Aggie Land and Red Sea Radio and Central Texas. Thank you once again. God bless you, sir. And we will see you and be in touch with you soon. Don't go, though. We're just saying goodbye to the folks listening in. But stay right there, David. And God bless everybody else listening in. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the last part of our show. You are listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio. God bless. I can't, cause I am.